Welcome back to another episode of Rhonda's Real Talk. Today is Friday, November 4th, 2022. What's up? What's going on, y'all? Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you very much. Um, I don't know. It's like 8.20 in the morning and I'm recording this episode. I know that I'm a couple days late. The week has just been, it's just been a week. It's just been busy. It has been, um, I, I remember as Wednesday was approaching, you know, I had an idea, then it kind of went away or I just really wasn't feeling it and I don't want to force anything. And I had to kind of like sit with it for a little bit, you know, for like, I, and here's the thing. I have a bunch of things written out, but it's so interesting sometimes that when I go back and revisit you know, this list of ideas, sometimes it just don't hit. Like, you know, like when I go back and look at my list of ideas, I just, I'm not feeling it. Or I feel like I can't really speak to that thing. Like I'm not feeling it inside. So, but something happened today that sparked this week's um, topic. So I'll get to that. But yeah, so today is November 4th. And today is the eight year anniversary of my grandmother's passing. And I, it's like every year that passes, I feel it like it washes over me as soon as I wake up that like that morning. So eight years ago, uh, my grandmother passed away and it was really hard. It was very, very hard. You know, I, I, my, my grandmother was so significant to me. Um, you know, just her storytelling, her presence, her love. Um, that woman has so much fight inside of her. She was feisty. Uh, my grandmother knew how to hold a grudge. My grandmother could play, could beat anybody's ass when it came to cards. Like, my grandmother was just a great spirit. She had a lot of energy. She was funny. And like I said, she got down in the kitchen. Um, just, and and I, the, I love the way that she showed her love. Like, she loved people the way that she wanted to. You know, like, she wasn't the kind of person that was going to be like, I love you all day long. But you felt the love, you know, and she it felt like a warm hug because of the things she sh- she said to you, the story she told you, the meals she would make for you, the places she would drive you. Like, you know, my grandmother, I don't know. She was just so sweet. She really was. She was so fucking sweet. And I definitely miss my grandmother. I do. Um, and it's so interesting, you know, that so eight years have gone by and just like anything in life, life always goes on. You know, when we lose something significant. I mean, in my mind, at least I want everything to slow down and stop and I don't want any responsibilities. I just want to sit and mope and be sad about the thing that I've lost, you know, like having to move on with life when my grandmother passed away just was really hard. It was hard because I just wanted to be fucking sad about it. I wanted to ball up, you know, in the middle of the floor and just eat my feelings and just be sad. But, you know, that's just not realistic. And, you know, that was the first time that I had actually went to group counseling. So up until that point, I had been to therapy before, but I had never been to like group therapy. And I remember one of my mom's old clients, you know, told her that she was like leading this, uh, you know, like grief counseling at this church. And we weren't members of the church. So which is also really, really amazing because a lot of things are, you know, when it comes to a church are limited to the people who are members. But this wasn't, you know, um, and you didn't have to be a member. Anybody could come. It was free of charge and it was every Wednesday night. Right. And it was just amazing to, to have that opportunity to navigate grief, to understand what it was, to unpack feelings. And, you know, that, that group therapy session really helped me like climb out of a really dark place in my life, you know, because when my grandma, my grandma was like, basically dying for the last 30 days of her life 
Um, she was in the hospital. She had a major surgery. And, you know, when you get older, it's just hard to fight certain things, you know, to, to recover from it. And she had a lot of complications and stuff going on. And um, that was just really hard, just seeing her like that. And, like, you know it's coming to an end, but, nope, it, you're still not ready, you know. And, I, and, again, I just felt like there was no way I could imagine my life without my grandmother in it. It's like, what? Like, come on. Like, yeah, right. Like, she she's going to be here. But, um, nah, she, she you know, it, it happened, and I was devastated. And I remember I was eating excessively. I was drinking, like, leading up to her death. I was eating a lot, drinking a lot, and not sleeping, and just really not taking care of myself at all. And, um, you know, grief just really helped me. You know, I started eating better. I dropped a bunch of weight, and um, I was just getting myself together. So grief, you know, that counseling, that therapy really, really gave me some coping mechanisms and taught me things that I just did not know. You know, because I feel like grief never goes away. It just finds a way to kind of like settle into your life, you know? And it always bothers me when people try to manage other people's grief you know I you know I've heard it on so many occasions where people are like well that person passed away three years ago you should be over it or you're not emotional enough you don't cry enough and it's like how how can you tell somebody else how to feel and how to manage it and also because you're because somebody is not crying doesn't mean that they're not hurt that's not what that even means you know like we all process things differently um and for some people, like they just want to cry in private, which is completely OK, you know. But, um, yeah, I said all that to say that today is the eight year anniversary. And, you know, I, I still very much feel my grandmother's presence. I feel her, especially in the kitchen. You know, um, I'll say that, you know, my like my parents taught me how to cook when I was growing up. Like I, I knew how to do, you know, the bare minimum. I could probably bake a chicken uh, you know, make some eggs, make some vegetables, but nothing, nothing, nothing too, too major. You know, I felt like that when I moved out on my own, when I was like 20, 21, that I could cook well enough to survive, but it wasn't anything special. And what's interesting is that since my grandmother passed away, that's when I feel her presence the most is when I'm cooking because that's where my grandmother thrived. My grandmother was exceptional in the kitchen. She could cook, she could bake, and she just had that touch. She just it, she just had that thing about her in the kitchen. So it's like I feel like that she's with me when I cook. And that's why I've gotten better in the kitchen, because she's like guiding me. You know, um, I never wanted to be, you know, I never wanted to be like a chef or somebody who plated food well or anything like that. But I don't know. I've just gotten really good at it over the last three years. And I feel like it's my grandmother. I can always feel her presence in the kitchen. And, you know, I think that's what's helped me, you know, to really find my way. You know, I, I don't I don't feel I feel so at home in the kitchen. And that's such a weird thing to say because I've never felt like that before. But like in the last three years, I feel so at home. I feel like I can make flavors work. I feel like I'm willing to try things. I'm also OK with messing up. Um, I don't put any pressure on myself. And it, it feels good to feed people and take care of them. And that's what my grandmother did. You know, she was a <laughs> she was a very um, loving, kind person who had a presence. She was feisty. My grandmother will hold a grudge on your ass. My grandmother will bake you a cake in a minute. You know, like the storytelling, her stories used to be the best. They did. So my grandmother's just one of those people where she just 
she just leaves a mark in any in any room she went into my grandmother could get anybody's attention you know without even saying anything so I don't know I miss her I miss her smile I miss her doing crossword puzzles I miss you know her sitting up and watching you know talking on the phone at five six in the morning my grandmother was definitely one of those people that woke up early in the morning talking on the phone with her friends and I miss her watching Young and the Restless I miss all of it but I'm just glad that I'm in a good place where I can celebrate her life and feel good that, you know, I'm an extension of who she is, who she was. um, And that, you know, I had her in my life for as long as I did and that, you know, she's still with me. And I have her on my lock screen to this day. Her face is on my face. I see her face every single day on my cell phone. So I feel really at peace about everything. And it feels good to be able to say that because it was so chaotic and I was so hurt and heartbroken and felt hopeless when she passed away. So to be on the other side of it, you know, I, I, I really feel grateful about that. So, look, I've talked a lot about my grandmother and just like grief. So if anybody is grieving out there, by all means, please use your resources um, around you to help manage your grief. If it feels like that it's really taking over you and you can't move forward, if you're in a really dark place because of something that you lost. Um, and also, I want to say that, you know, grief is not limited to someone passing away. It can it can be anything. It can be anything that you've lost in your life. So whether it's a friendship or a breakup, if you lost your job, if you had to relocate you know, to a new city, um, if you lost a significant amount of money, if you were taken advantage of, betray any any of that can kind of spark grief. Um, so. I really do wish you well in, in managing your grief and also through it, just allow yourself to feel how you feel. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and move into this week's topic. And before I do, wherever you're listening, um, whether you're on Spotify, Apple, Google, thank you so much for being here um, and tapping in and listening to the podcast. If you are on the Apple platform, if I can ask for one itty bitty favor can you please go ahead and leave me a rating or a review so a rating would be for you to tap the five stars you can you know choose whatever star if it's a three-star experience if it's a five-star experience tap the stars and it'll go ahead and give me a rating but you can also scroll down a little further and click where it says write a review and you can let me know what you think about the podcast what do you like what don't you like what could be different what could be better Uh, What kind of guests I should have on here? What kind of topics should I address? Anything, whatever you say, I'm I'm here for it. And I read every single review. So and also when you leave me a a rating or a review, it helps this podcast get in front of people that haven't seen it or that haven't listened. So thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to do that. Um, I think the title of this week's podcast is going to be Access Denied access denied and that really has to do with you know when you get to a place of having to cut people off and remove them out of your life right that access is no longer there and I I feel like that you know when you get to a place of having to cut someone off and literally remove them from your life, you know, having to cut all ties, no communication, none of that. It's easier said than done. Like, it's just not easy to cut somebody off, you know? And I'll say a lot of that has to do with the fact, I think many of us have built up a pretty high tolerance for bullshit. We have. A lot of us have built up tolerance for bullshit. So, you know, 
it probably just feels mind blowing to finally get to a breaking point of like, okay, I can't do this shit no more. You know, you've probably taken time and told the person what's bothering you, what could be different, what could be better, uh, what's triggering you uh, or setting a boundary and that person violates it, whatever it is, whatever becomes your the final thing that really is like, okay, I'm not doing this no more. I have to do something different and I have no choice but to cut this person off because I don't think that, that, that we're just out here cutting people off. Like there are so many things that lead to it. You know, there's so many things that people have done that led to that. I don't think that we're just that we want to just cut people off, but we're really just left with no choice. Right. But it's just not easy to do. I don't think it's an easy thing to do. It's really easier said than done. And I think there are almost some, sometimes there are even levels to, you know, how do I change the access, this person's access to me, right? You know, is it going to be that I'm not answering their calls and texts and that we can just follow on social media or are messages being delivered through, you know, are we communicating through other people? Can this person only email me or am I denying their access across the board? You know, I think you have to like sit and like ask, ask yourself that, you know, um, because for some people that shit is just like, yo, you did too much. You went too far. I'm not fucking with you on any level. Right. But then for some, it's like, okay, like, you know what? I don't want to talk to you personally, but I don't mind, you know, continuing to be friends on Facebook. And for me, I rarely check Facebook. So cool. I'll leave you on Facebook and that's enough. That's all the access that you need to me and see what's going on with me or whatever. Because like I said, I don't really post on Facebook at all. Um, But I don't know. And let me tell you why this came up. I mentioned earlier that something happened. So the other day, um, so this was last Sunday. And, um, I was supposed to be leaving this day. I was supposed to be leaving from Ohio. So I don't know if I mentioned that guys, I'm still in Ohio. I was supposed to leave last Sunday, but I don't know. I felt some kind of way about like, it was kind of raining. I didn't like the way that the clouds looked in the sky. So I called to reschedule or to, you know, to, to, um, move my ticket to, to the following Sunday. So I'm going to be flying out this Sunday, November 6th. Right. And then like two hours after I changed my flight, I get a notification that the flight I was on got delayed to the following day. So I'm like, I knew I like something just felt off. So things changed and I couldn't travel on Monday anyway. That wasn't a good day for me. So it worked out. Right. And so me and my partner, we're driving around, we're running some errands and my phone is connected to, um, to the like the the aux cord right so in her car it displays everything so like if I get a text message it'll pop up on the display if I get a phone call you can see who's calling that kind of thing right you can see the navigation on my phone or whatever right so my phone rings and she looks at me and is like is this person really calling you because you know I had she knows who this person is I'm not gonna go into details about who called but I'm just just really kind of painting the picture um, and when I saw the person's name, I was like, the fuck? That's all. That's immediately what I thought. Right. Because I don't talk to this person. I don't fuck with this person like that. Right. So I answered, I answered the phone and this person proceeds to have this very casual conversation with me. And I feel like I'm kind of in shock that they called and I'm, I'm talking, I'm not being an asshole. I'm not being rude. I didn't hang up in their face or anything like that. I answered their question. We talked for about I don't even know, like maybe five minutes, something like that. And I hang up the phone and I just look at her and I'm like, I cannot believe that just happened. Because to me, it just felt like how, 
Like, what made you think that you just wanted to call Rhonda today, you know? And I'm kind of curious if the person was wondering, like, I wonder if Rhonda will answer. And, you know, this is a person who their, their access needs to be denied for sure. Like, there's no reason for me to communicate with this person. I'm really kind of surprised they're not even blocked. Um, but I just haven't talked to them, right? So I hadn't thought about it. I haven't called their number. They haven't called me. And we just kind of, it's just, it's just been that. And I remember seeing this person's name thinking how I don't fuck with them. But I started thinking about one of their parents. And I was like, damn, I wonder if her mom is okay, right? So the kind part of me, you know, the loving part of me kind of kicked in. And that's what made me answer the phone. Because in in the real world of the grand scheme of things and how this person has treated me, things they've said to me, things they've done to me, I shouldn't have answered that phone. Access should have been completely denied, right? Like I've already unfollowed them on social media. Um, And again, I'm really surprised the person wasn't blocked. But I was just thinking like how access denied really isn't always that easy because And maybe that's what's kept me from blocking this person is the fact that I care about their parent. I care about, you know, their mom being okay. You know, like I I care about that person as well. And and I mean, even though I don't fuck with that person, I don't wish any ill on them. I I care about their well-being, obviously, to a you know, I care about them like not being hurt and or anything like that. Um, But I think that's probably what's been in my subconscious and what's kept me from blocking them completely is the fact that I care about their mother. You know, that's that's tugged at at my heart. That's clearly what it is, because the way that I picked the phone up and just didn't send it as the voicemail, I think is really what it is. So that made me think about access denied, like how it's not really an easy thing to cut somebody off completely. And there can be the smallest thing that makes you pick up or makes you respond to a text message or makes you respond to somebody's DM. Right. Like you may take your sweet time responding back. But you'll eventually get around to it because there's something that kind of still makes you like care or be open to, to communicating with that person. Um, there's somebody else in my life where I had to put this boundary in place where I was like, fuck it, I'm done with this person. That's been happening quite a bit, y'all, too. And, and, and as I've had to make these adjustments, like with distancing myself from people, I've had to step back like, OK, is it me? Am I is it me? Am I the problem? You know, and I've gone through all of that. I've talked through all of that with different people, with myself. Um, I have my first therapy appointment today and I'm sure some of this stuff will come up because I want to make sure it's not me. I want to make sure I'm not being unreasonable. But yeah, there's somebody else that I had to cut off. And when you're going through this process of having to change the way you communicate with somebody or cutting them off, it becomes a process because especially if you have mutual friends, So me and this other person, we definitely have mutual friends. We were friends for a very, very long time, like very, very long. I'm talking like maybe 20 years. And it was really interesting hearing people come to me like, hey, did you see the post on social media? Did you hear about so-and-so or so-and-so is doing this, doing that? And I remember having to say, hey, you know what? I know you've brought this person up and maybe in the last day or so. But I really would prefer that you not bring them up. I really am not concerned what they're doing on social media or in their career or where they're traveling to. I've made a decision where that we're not friends and I, I just don't care about that. I, I don't I, I don't care to hear that, 
you know, and people were shocked. Like, oh, shit, really? Like, is that is that serious, Rhonda? Yeah, it is. I'm at a place where I had to cut ties and I really just don't need to hear that information relayed back to me. And that was not that was not easy to do because I could not believe that after 20 plus years, I would have to have be saying say that about somebody that I've loved and cared about for such a long, a big part of my life. And I still love and care about the person, but we cannot be friends. Right. Just for so many. I have a laundry list of reasons why we can't be friends. But that phone call that I got the other day really just sparked like this topic of like access denied. It's not easy to get to that point of cutting somebody off. And to what extent do you cut them off? Or is it just a boundary of how you communicate with them or when you communicate with them? Um, and and if you do kind of keep that line of communication open for you guys to talk every blue moon, like what is it that 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 makes you want to even keep it open to that extent? Like, I'm thinking like cutting people off is very complex. It is not an easy thing to do. And it does not feel good either. It doesn't feel good. You know, I think about how I have felt after every time a relationship failed, a romantic relationship. I mean, I feel like it kind of feels worse with the friend. And in, in, in some ways, it feels worse because, you know, this per- person, like you guys have traveled. You guys have seen each other in different phases. You guys have seen each other. Um, at maybe your worst or your lowest point in life, you shared secrets, you have all of these things that you put into this relationship and this friendship for it to be over. And that shit really does feel like just a blow. Like it feels like, I don't know, like, I, man, I can't even describe it. So I, I'll say that I do feel like that my friendship, my friend breakups have been just as hard, if not harder than like my romantic breakups. Like that shit is is not easy to stomach. It's not, you know, and I think a lot of it just really boils down to the fact that like I love myself. I value myself so much. I'm so worthy of so many things that you got to draw the line in the sand. And I think that people feel like that oh, Rhonda would never do that shit. Like I've been doing X, Y and Z for shit the last 10 years. She's not going to end this friendship. And, you know, as I get to know myself better, love on myself a lot more, it's just a lot of shit that I just can't do anymore. And again, I think that I have let people get away with shit. And many of us let people get away with shit because our tolerance is so high. But it's like, nah, nah, fuck all that. And, you know, I'm in a place like, you know, 41 years old and my friend circle looks completely different than it did five years ago. Shit, six years ago, 10 years ago, it looks way different. And I'm just like, yo, like I've been meeting new people and, you know, just looking at people like, okay, I see a lot of potential where I'd be willing to invest my time um, in getting to know this person to see if we could become friends. You know, is it, can this be something solid? And I'm telling you, I never thought that I would be in my forties. I mean, I thought that for the rest of my life, yeah, I'll be meeting people because you're always meeting people, you know, a friend of a friend or, you know, you go to a conference or you're, you got to speak an engagement, whatever. So you're constantly meeting people. But I'm like, am I really going to be out here building new friendships at 40? No, nah, I'll be solid. Everybody that's my friend at 30, like when I was 30 years old, I'm like, oh, this is my crew. All is well. We about to ride this thing out. Nah. <laughs> nope. Uh-uh. You know, so it's, 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 it's interesting. And some of it is uncomfortable, to be honest with you. Some of it, does, it feels really uncomfortable. And I'm a person who's very social. I love talking to people. But, you know, trying to navigate and figure out, you know, who's somebody that you might want to be friends with has not been easy. It hasn't, for sure. 
Um, so yeah, access denied title of the episode. Um, just running my mouth about that. Um, I don't know, like anybody listening, I hope that you can relate to this. Um, I hope that it makes sense. I'm sure there's somebody that's listening that's at a crossroad, um, in a friendship. And I think the biggest thing that I can say, because I feel like I've ended so many friendships in the last, mm, since 2018, I'm gonna say I've ended at least three significant friendships since 2018 and that feels like a lot there's been some other associations and stuff that have changed and even some people I've just gotten closer to um but you know if you're struggling like I just really encourage you to to call it what it is be honest and open about what's happened what's transpired um and if that relationship is fitting your needs or not is it working you know um how do you feel when you're around that person you know do you trust that person um, do they respect you? Do they support you? Like, is there reciprocity? Like, I had to sit and really, like, just sit and think about a lot of these friendships and things that I was letting happen in my life, you know, because I'm like, this person has disrespected me and I've allowed something to happen multiple times. Like, that's on me. You know, I had to take responsibility for what I was allowing to happen. Um, and why was I allowing it to happen? So if you're struggling, really just talk through some things with yourself and if you have to get to a place of like cutting someone off, just know that it's not easy. I'm sure you don't want to do it. But unfortunately, sometimes it just has to be done. So that's this week's episode. Um, I appreciate y'all listening. I really do. Um, next time you hear me uh, next episode next week, I'll be back home in California. And I'm sure I have plenty to talk about because, man, I have to get back to so many things. So. I'll see y'all next week. Y'all take care. Be safe.